The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Welcome to SEM Synergy. Today we have a wonderful program for everybody. We're going to really try to jump right into it. Uh, you should be able to, as always, go to SEMSynergy.com. You can pick it up on Webmaster Radio. Be sure to tell everybody. But if you've missed it or if you hear this session, today we're interviewing Matt Cutts. Lots of questions, really good points. Uh, Virginia sort of uh, ran them through the ringer, so we're going to jump right to it. Virginia, take it away. This is Virginia, and you're listening to SEM Synergy. I'm here with Matt Cutts, head of Google's web spam team and a very visible spokesperson for Google within the SEO industry. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Matt. Absolutely. It's good to be here. Um, so, okay, starting off with tools. They are a big help to any search marketer, obviously, and help you gather data and learn more about your customers and how they interact with your content and your website, um, among other things. What is your favorite tool that is not authored by Google? Not authored by Google. Well, you know, Yahoo's Site Explorer is pretty cool. Uh, I like that they give you lots of backlinks, and uh, it works pretty well, and, you know, you don't have to pay for it, so that's always kind of nice. Um, yeah, I tend to use mostly Google tools, but, uh, but I like the fact that both Yahoo and Microsoft are offering more webmaster tool functionality. So Microsoft, for example, just started to flag malware in their search results, and I believe Yahoo partnered with McAfee to flag malware. And so it's fantastic to see all the major search engines sort of taking these steps so that webmasters have, you know, a little more access to, to helpful information. No, absolutely. And Google's got a bunch of their own tools, obviously, as well. Um, so we've heard that there are about 70 new algorithm factors. Uh, any chance you would want to give us any hints about them? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I think uh, Udi Manber did a post uh, wrapping up 2007 where he said we did 450 distinct different search changes, not just data pushes or things like that, but actual changes to our algorithms in 2007. And, uh, you know, we, we, that seems to be a pretty good um, pace for us because we've continued to make changes pretty much on a daily basis. So I think it's, it's pretty fun to see how some people assume, oh, yeah, we're going to make changes to the search every six months or every nine months, and it's really a lot faster than that. Um, yeah, some of the 450, that I, that's more than one a day. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we have a meeting uh, every week where a bunch of people sit together and sort of evaluate potential changes and, and a lot get approved and some, you know, get back. Uh, get sent back to do more tweaking and tuning and stuff like that. 
Um, so we have to do a lot of rigorous evaluation for each one of those changes. You can't just say, you know, put your thumb in the air and say, oh, yeah, that looks pretty good to me. Um, so we try to test it in multiple languages and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but the benefit is, even though you don't really notice a lot of big changes, like SearchWiki was sort of, you know, something that was very visible, but there's a ton of stuff under the hood that people don't really notice that much. Um, regarding the, the algorithm, is there anything that Google is finding of increasing interest for users that, that may be something that they're paying attention to? Or? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting to watch the trend toward freshness. And, uh, you know, if you look back to 2003, our index would be 30 to 45 days old, which, you know, is, that's pretty old. And and so we've gradually become more and more fresh. So we had an incremental update that would update the index every day, uh, which started in 2003. And we've really just continued to push that to the point where, you know, even last year you could do a blog post and see that go live in Google within minutes. And so I think the trend is, you know, towards making information available in seconds if you can. Now, the flip side of that is that the spammers also want to make very fresh spam, and so that's a challenge. But I'm more than happy if the vast majority of the time people can get fresher information, and maybe that creates a little more work for web spam, but it's still worth it because the users really benefit. So. Um, we're kind of rolling to the end of the year here. So what do you see as future? What, what's going to be going on next year? Um, mm-hmm. Is there like any kind of Web 2.0 technologies that users want but maybe currently aren't really able to search for that, that Google might be um, paying more attention to in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, 2009 will probably be a very big year for mobile. You know, you've got the iPhone, you've got Android, Nokia just introduced the N97, which looks like a very nice phone. So if you think about it, the vast majority of people, at least in the U.S. these days, um, you know, if you're under 30, you probably have a cell phone in your pocket or in your purse somewhere, uh, and you don't always have a computer with you. So I think one of the big trends will be how do we try to make Google search available, and all the search engines will try to do this, to make their search really useful even on a small screen where you maybe can't get to the keyboard or, or type things out very easily. So we've been paying attention to um, speech-to-text um, and then also some really hard problems like machine translation. Those are really interesting. Another really hard problem is sort of face recognition. And the newest version of Picasa, version 3.0, if you are willing to tag a few people's faces with names and say, okay, this is uh, you know Bob or this is Susie or whatever, um, it can try to learn and recognize those faces in other images. So I think there's some really hard problems that have to be tackled, things like you know machine translation and... and speech-to-text and text-to-speech. Mobile will be a big trend. And I really think that cloud computing will continue because, man, if you're using Google Apps, you know, you've got your Gmail stored in the cloud somewhere, it's really nice if you can just say, you know what, if my computer breaks down, if my hard drive goes wonky, I don't need to worry about it that much. Um, And then within SEO, I think there's probably going to be a broader role for SEO. You know, and if the economy is uncertain, then people want to make themselves as valuable as possible. So I see a lot of SEOs who are saying, I'm not just a search engine optimizer. I, I help with marketing in lots of different ways. You know, I can help with PPC, or I can help you choose the keywords that you should be searching. And so it's not just bring me in at the last minute and I'll fix things, but include me in the whole pipeline and I'll try to add value throughout the whole process. 
And I think that's very healthy for search and, and for SEO. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, is it true that Google is indexing voice content from Flash files? Is I don't know the, whether the whole, we indexed like, it from mechanical Flash translation files. that you're talking about. Uh, but we do. Uh, we, we've. It's kind of interesting. We had a demonstration where on YouTube, we took all the presidential election sort of stuff and mm-hmm. basically ran voice recognition on that so that we had transcripts. And there's a few different applications. We've also got Goog 411, which is a totally free 1-800 number where you can. You know, just say, oh, I want a barbecue restaurant, and it will recognize that category and give you, you know, a listing for the nearest barbecue restaurant. So we've got Google 401. We've done some voice recognition on a, on a subset of YouTube, the political sort of stuff. And then we just rolled out this Google mobile app, which does a pretty good job of voice recognition as well. And so I think, you know, I would love it personally if I could be walking along and just hold up my phone and say, oh, I'm interested in this, and it'll look it up for me. And, I, you know, if you can use it in a hands-free way, if you're a passenger in a car or something like that, um, I think that could be really useful to a lot of people because sometimes you, you think about something and you want to know the answer, but you're right near it. You're not near a keyboard. It really makes mobile a little more useful right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you see um, audio or video... Uh, increasing in value for universal search with the fact that, I mean, this technology is available. It was, I mean, you, you tested it out with the um, uh, political campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tricky because I, the last estimate that I had heard published was something like 13 hours of video uploaded every minute or something like <laughs> that. And voice recognition is pretty computationally intensive. So the question is, you know, do you have the sort of processing where you could try to run voice recognition on a lot of those different videos? My guess is that would be a a lot of horsepower and a lot of computing. But the trend is definitely in that direction. Um, you know, I've I've seen products where you can more or less just leave an open microphone and record yourself all day long so you can leave yourself notes. And there's services like Jot where you can call up and leave yourself a note on the phone and they'll do either voice recognition or um, someone will actually transcribe it for you. And so I think if you look forward in the search results, the ability to do a search and get back, you know, something that was audio or something that was video and be able to search over the content in there, that's definitely really useful because imagine if you could say, okay, what has, uh, what has this random TV show said about this politician, you know, over the last five years? Have they ever called him a jerk, you know, and then just take me to the two-second clip where they called him a jerk? Um, I think that could be a lot of fun, could be really useful for researchers. And so it's definitely something that's really interesting, and, and I don't know when you'll get to that level, but I think we'll, we'll be moving in that direction. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOfox link building report. (laughs) Sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. 
If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebOffer.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. I'm here with Matt Cutts, head of Google's Web Spam team, and uh, moving on to spam. What mm-hmm. is the biggest spam issue for Google today? Uh, you know, for me, for 2009, I'm, I'm looking international. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, progress that's been made in English, but there's still a lot of progress we need to make in other languages. So, you know, a, a place like Russia, for example, um, there's a ton of great content, but there's also a larger amount of spam uh, as a percentage right now, and so I think we'll concentrate more effort on that. We're also starting to think more about hack sites and how to help with that because, you know, it's <laughs> people think they can just put a website up and never patch their servers and they'll be totally fine. And you wouldn't hook your Windows computer or, or any other computer to the Internet without patching it pretty regularly or else you'd get, you'd get hacked pretty quickly. So I think, you know, no one else has really stepped up to that. And so we've done a few things like if you've got a hackable version of WordPress, we'll drop you a note. And so helping people hopefully before they get hacked, but also potentially after they get hacked uh, is going to be a big trend because we see the hackers getting more and more malicious for sure. Um, You'll see if you open up the latest 2600 magazine, which is sort of this um, people like to talk about hacking in it. They actually have an article about Black Hat SEO in this month's uh, magazine. And so you see the sort of the hackers moving more towards SEO, which is a pretty interesting trend. Ah, what about link buying? Have there been any changes recently in the fight against link buying? I know that like companies like Inlinks must be on your radar at this point. Well, it's that's not the first service that did that. Um, there have been services that have said, "Yeah, we'll we'll sell links inside of content without any sort of disclosure or without marking it in any way." Um, there have been companies that have have advertised that as their service for 
for over a year, I believe. Um, so our policies haven't changed. We really, you know, don't think it's good for the web. And if you're competing with uh, someone who's buying links, then it doesn't feel like a level playing field because you want to compete on merit, not just on whoever's got the biggest checkbook. So our policies haven't changed. We've continued to improve our technology. We've continued to work on it. And uh, I think it's a good sign that you've seen, uh, you know, a, a couple sites that have historically endorsed buying links come out recently and say, okay, we're not going to buy links anymore. We're going as white hat as we can go. So I think that's a sign of good progress. Um, we'll continue to work not only on taking spam reports, processing those, doing all the sort of things we do manually, um, but also improving our algorithms. And so we've been having some engineers look at some ways that we can even better work to cancel out uh, paid links and other links that we detect that, that we really shouldn't be counting in our search results. So if you detect a paid link, is it discounted? Is it is there a penalty or is there just no value assigned? Yeah, it's, it's typically just discounted, so there's no value assigned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes we get the equivalent of a smoking gun dropped in our lap and, and we, we're willing to take whatever action we need to do to protect the quality of our index uh, within uh, the guidelines that we've set out publicly. Um, so typically, if you're a link seller, for example, we might lower the, the page rank indicator to let you know, yes, <laughs> we know that you're selling links. And, uh, and there are processes, and we've documented those, where if you've stopped selling links, uh, you can do a reconsideration request and just give us more information, and then we'll investigate that. And uh, if the site has truly stopped selling links, then we'll often return that page rank indicator uh, back to where it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, essentially, we always support the right of a webmaster to put the links that they want on their website. But in turn, we believe Google has the right to trust and rank sites the way that we think uh, will return the best results and the most relevant results for users. Very good. So at PubCon, mm -hmm. there's been, uh, you did an interview with WebPro News, and you were addressing, in part, personalization and how it could yeah. change the way SEOs do their job. Um, mm -hmm. How do you see personalized search affecting the SEO community? Yeah, you know, I, it was funny because at that conference, someone had talked about ranking reports and how they hated them, but the client needed them because they had to have some stack of paper to feel good about. Uh, and there's so many ways other than ranking reports. You know, you can you can look at your server logs and all that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, in the days where personalized search gets more and more robust and more and more people like it and enjoy it and, and we trust it enough to use it more and more and use it to change our search results more and more, it changes from a single monolithic, you know, who's number one for whatever the trophy phrase is, to, you know, a place in, in Canada might have a different ranking than a place in India, might have a different, you know, um, ranking than someone in California or San Francisco versus New York. And that's okay, because if you type in plumber and you live in New York, you're probably more likely to want a New York plumber than someone who's in Kansas. And so I think Personalization is really good for users. Uh, I think it might require a little bit of a mental shift because, you know, some SEOs have this king of the hill mentality where they just want to show up number one for one phrase or a certain set of phrases. And it's really more important to show up for the phrases where it's going to be useful for your users so that they convert into paying customers or whatever your goal is. So I think there's a little bit of a mental shift that some SEOs need to 
to make. But it, the nice thing is a lot of people have had the time to recognize it is good for users. And so even though you can't count on the search results being completely consistent, if you take them, you can't bookmark them or send them to someone else and expect that they'll see the exact same search results, it's still uh, overall a big win for users and a big win for relevance. And it also means if you can't be the king of the hill, if you don't have the ability to compete globally on a single phrase, you still have the potential to show up for a lot of different users. And so that sort of spreads the, uh, the rankings around to different companies and different website results. And I think that's a very healthy thing as well. How do you see personalization going forward next year? Um, search with you is obviously a big development in letting users directly personalize their search mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll continue. You know, we've both personalization and universal search, um, we rolled out around the same time last year. And at first, people were a little afraid or scared. How is this going to change things? And we're not going to change our rankings so radically that people don't even, you know, recognize the rankings from one day to the next day. But we do see it as being a very good win. And so for me personally, and I can't speak for Google as a whole. This is just my opinion. Uh, I would expect that we would continue to sort of gradually uh, increase the amount of personalization that we do just because we find that it is really helpful for our users. Uh, Engagement has been a big buzzword. Um, Mm -hmm. Is Google viewing things like video and, and other kinds of content that gets a user engaged as, as a, as helpful to the user experience? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. We essentially try to put ourselves in our users' shoes and say, did these set of search results answer the user's information need? And it's really tricky because sometimes it's a two-word query and, or even a one-word query. If they type in Saturn, were they looking for the car or the planet? You're never quite sure. And so in those sort of situations, you try to return diverse search results or you try to personalize the search results. Um, but when you know what the user is looking for, it really helps. And, and we do these exercises where we say, okay, let's take a day or two days or even three days and look at some example searches and say, okay, what would the perfect set of search results look like? You know, are we doing a good service for our users? And so whether you call it engagement, whether you call it relevance, um, essentially we're trying to say, is this what the user needed? Is this what they were looking for? And if it's not, then is there something better that we could show instead? And hopefully, you know, if they're looking for videos or images, you want to return really useful things. If they're returning, for, if they're looking for a business, then a local business listing with a map can be really, really handy. Um, and ideally, we'd like to get the user to their information as quickly as possible. Um, so, you know, if the user's engaged, that's great. But if the user's happy, but they didn't really get the information they needed, you know, for five or ten minutes, then we might take a look and say, okay, how can we change those search results to get the information to them even faster? And users tend to like that. I do, too. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show, Matt. Um, yeah, it absolutely. It's a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think our listeners will definitely appreciate some of the things that you had to say there. Cool. So have a great holiday. Yeah, hope you don't get too stressed for the holidays and uh, <laughs> hope all your rankings go the way you want them. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alrighty. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-Ching! 
how to run an online business that pays and pays. I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's k a c h i n g book.com. $250,000 in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. That's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with conversioncritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost effective sales producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. State of Search, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by Bradley Lease, Senior SEO Analyst at Bruce Clay, Inc. Uh, definitely somebody who's been on the show before, but uh, you're a dedicated researcher in the fields of SEO and social media, things like Google and different social media tools, and you've been doing a lot of research lately, which you've been sharing with me, and it's uh, interesting stuff, so I asked you to come on the show and talk about it. One of the topics that we were talking about earlier is how caffeine and May Day kind of came around at the same time. Caffeine being the infrastructure update, May Day being the algorithm update. But the two are often um, spoken about together because they did come around at the same time. And all we really know is that a lot of things are changing at Google. But you've been doing research to find out what each one entails. So, yeah, May Day has more to do with the way that uh, link popularity is evaluated across large, complex sites. I mean, it can it will affect anyone, but we've heard a lot of talk about long tail versus short tail. And this has really turned a lot of uh, people who have integrated information architecture. Um, it has made them to be able to um, step back and try to re-examine the kinds of 
results that are coming up in the index. We've been talking about how it's a choppy sea. That there's there doesn't appear to be any obvious baselines, and the rankings are all over the place. You can't effectively optimize a site uh, in terms of keyword density if you can't find a commonality in terms of the top 10 results. Interesting that you mentioned the the choppy sea of the rankings because uh, it was my understanding that a lot of that had to do with caffeine. Because of the freshness of the index Mm. and the speed with which um, different pages are getting onto the results page, and a lot of it has to do with Google testing out their place, evaluating or like starting it off at a high ranking to see mm. how users respond right. to that result. Maybe even, like you said, with bounce rate being a factor. Right, right. Really quick, the differences that we found with caffeine versus Mayday, and there's definitely interconnections, which is why we get confused, and, and it's understandable how most people get confused. And the fact is, is that caffeine's impact has been greatly affected by Mayday's update as well. So Mayday, again, is, is long tail. If you take an example of a automobile company, make, model, trim, and year, it used to be that you would want to arrange your, your content in a table of contents where everything was laid out uh, from the most broad subject to narrow. Now there's a real emphasis in being able to consolidate the link popularity on the very specific longer tail terms into the shorter tail sections. And so part of that has to do with aggregating content into the main short tail sections of a page. So every time you put out a piece of content, you want to put it in at at the very top level of your silo. Whereas before you would reference it to to being far into the most specific ends of your of your silo, which would be on the on the year side, make, model, trim, year. And it, it explains why there's a lot of confusion. So caffeine has to do with freshness. It has to do with engagement. There seems to be emphasis of bounce rate in terms of how people interact with an actual impression. So we've a- I've actually seen tools that show the result in Webmaster Tools uh, it's a, like a, a plug-in that will show you the impressions versus click-throughs. So we think that just because a result is relevant and it shows up in the top 10, if it is not engaged by, by the audience, it will drop from the top 10. And that is, I mean, it seems as though there's almost a sense of unfairness among our customers and, and other types of competitors within our range because at first they're supposed to create their their SERP to be the most relevant and they did that but now they're expecting people to have engagement as well which is requiring a type of uh, almost a PPC perspective of being able to tailor the title description and keywords to the end user and it so Caffeine, you know, you, you want subject relevance, you want to make sure your content is useful. I think that with personalized search, they're able to evaluate a lot of the behave, these behavioral things. Even though when you turn off personalized search, the results will change because it's not reflecting your specific preferences. The interaction you have with personalized search, even most people who try to turn it off will forget and still be interacting 
that kind of information we think is being push, um, pulled into the algorithm in some capacity. I mean, one of the things with the choppiness is we've seen just the rapid rate at which we'll see results change. I mean, there is no waiting anymore. After you've launched an article, you, you can't launch an article and optimize it. You have to optimize it as it's launched, first to publish. So we've noticed with through Webmaster Tools, we've the, I've been I was told by another analyst, but we've seen these updates consistently for, over the last few years. We've been seeing the Webmaster Tools when you launch your sitemap, it's a reviewed in faster than we've ever seen consistently across all the major sites, all our clients, and the insight we have from other large companies. Um, website speed, I mean, I remember the outrage when that came up, and now it's a documented fact that if your pages are, are larger than, or load larger than two seconds, then I don't think you're punished, but I don't think you're considered to be the, the least imperfect and it also appears as though the Google dance has stopped. It appears as though there's it's all feeding from a single source. So we're seeing consistent rankings across multiple geographic locations. It just doesn't appear as though there's these uh, multiple re- results, multiple findings that we're finding. Um, no matter where we look from, whether it's in California or in New York, the rankings are consistent. You mentioned consistency as being an important uh, factor in this issue, and consistency of a brand is also very important Um, across your various channels. If we go back to May Day, um, you were telling me earlier that a domain's reputation or a brand's reputation is um, very important. Right, right. So, So part of May Day is... Because Google is so able to grab content from everywhere, one of the things that we've been really focusing on is is what are the types of social locations, what are the other types of news aggregators and other types that are very well placed within the rankings, you know, from Twitter to Facebook to, you know, LinkedIn, as well as, you know, stumbled upon and dig. Because Google's indexing all these sources, because they're able to do it at, at an amazing rate, think of the t- real-time results, the, the, being able to have a consistent reputation, being able to make sure your brand is consistent across all the different channels is, is a huge impact on your main domain. It seems as though beyond just who is information in place within your IP in terms of neighborhoods and all that, um, that it really has a big impact on who you are, who you say you are, and how you interact with your audience and community. It seems as though having a good domain reputation across all your interactions in in the world as it relates to Google News, as well as just if you consider all the different properties Google has, um, you know, they have YouTube, and these are just a few of the many that you have access to. Google Buzz, FeedBurner, Google News, Google Blogger. You have an opportunity to consistently put out your brand across just these Google locations, let alone all the other Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Typically your blog is where you have the, the biggest influence. If you're not covering those consistently, 
it appears as though your your domain reputation is somewhat tarnished. You might not be doing as well as you could be doing. Along with trying to stay up on everything that's changing at Google, um, you also have to stay up on your reputation across the web. Very complex kind of situation, but uh, important to stay up on. And thank you for sharing your research with us, Bradley. You can contact Bradley on Twitter at Bradley Least, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-L-E-E-S-E, on Facebook, where you're at facebook.com slash Bradley David Lease and on your blog where you share lots of interesting stuff, bradleylease.com. That is it for this week's show. Thank you to our guests and to Webmaster Radio. Check out scmsynergy.com for more on this week's guests and topics, or you can follow us on Twitter at scmsynergy. If you have any internet marketing questions or if there's anything you want to hear about, email us at scmsynergy at briskclay.com. Come back next week for more industry info and experts, and thank you for joining us on SEM Synergy.